You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Eurosimos. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 101 of the Here for the Truth podcast. I'm Joel Rafidi. I've got my co-host Erasmus here, um, as always. Today, we have an incredible guest. We've got Will Keller in the house, and we're diving deep into natural law, into objective reality, objective morality, into what freedom and truth actually mean, how we can actually apply these in, in parenting as well. This is an awesome conversation, which is applicable to every single person on the planet. So please enjoy Will. Right before we bring Will on, I just want to remind you guys, we have an amazing private membership community called Friends of the Truth with the most amazing, grounded, rational truth seekers um, there. We have three live teachings a month, not three live teachings, one community call, one guest expert call, and one live teaching presented by us. Next month's guest is Irene Lyon one of the foremost nervous system experts on the planet. Um, if you want to connect with community, if you want to absorb some more knowledge, if you want to you know, get deeper, head to friendsofthetruth.co and you can discover every single thing that you need to know there. Um, our main program, Rise Above the Herd, won't be running now until I think next Feb or March, but we'll let you guys know about that. Thank you so much for the support over our first 100 episodes. Um, this feels like a little fresh beginning here, 101. Um, and we're excited for everything that the future holds. If you get the chance, if you got value from this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. Um, that would really help us out a lot. Please share it with others who might also receive benefit from it. And yeah, be well, much love. Enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to Here for the Truth. Today, we have Will Keller in the house. Will Keller is a freedom activist, animist, anarchist, public speaker, and a father. He's the co-host of the Natural Freedom League video series, a content creator for the One Great Work Network and co-creator of the FUNL conferences. Will Keller is devoted and morally obligated to increase awareness on the causal factors of suffering for humanity and to expand the understanding of the current human condition by educating the public on crucial topics such as conscious parenting, human psychology, objective morality, natural rights, and natural law. All of these topics are inseparable for understanding and achieving True freedom for humanity. Will, welcome to Here for the Truth. Thank you, brothers. It's a pleasure to be on here. It's it's nice to have you here, man. Um, yeah. As always, we generally like to kick this one off with a little bit about your background, your major rites of passage. I guess the key pivotal turning points in your life that led you down the rabbit holes you've been down to be where you are now. Excellent. Yeah, great question to jump it off. Um, so uh, in my my childhood, early childhood, I was raised on a ranch. Um, had a, came from a split family, but, um, very close with my, my parents. My parents were uh, extremely, uh, rooted in moral principles, but gave me a lot of freedom. So, uh, being on a ranch, I was close with nature, just right off of a, right outside of a suburb, um, in the Bay area of California. It's a very diverse area. Um, always been the type of person, even as a young kid to not go with, go with the herd if a certain cologne in high school was popular, I'm going to wear the opposite, right? So um, I've always kind of been seeking, especially in the aspect of nature, the mysteries of nature, um, all the way up even, you know, in, into junior college, past high school. Um, I, I have been in the music industry, the hip hop industry for 12 years. Uh, that was a huge chapter of my life. 
It kind of let me gain um, a better understanding of just ego and self um, and the entertainment industry in general. So a lot of those skills and crafts have kind of, uh, you know, they've bled over into public speaking and content creating, which I'm, I'm super grateful for. But uh, the key turning point was obviously becoming a, fa- a father and yeah. uh, becoming a dad. Your whole paradigm shifts. You start thinking, uh, you're looking at yourself, you're looking at the world a little more deeply. Uh, at that point, I was very much into uh, esoteric studies and occultism uh, and the mystery traditions. I just wanted to know more about reality. Uh, and then I found myself coming out of my music career, I found myself in drug addiction, which is the catalyst that launched me into self-development uh, and even deeper into psychology. Um, so coming out of that hole, uh, you know, I got to a point where I pretty much, I'm a father now, my, my daughter is young, I need to get my shit together, right? So it pretty much, uh, it catapulted me in my own little personal hell where I just looked in the mirror and started doing that deep shadow work of learning how I got here and what makes me tick. And I gained some, some very unique introspection from that process. And I started to apply it after coming out of uh, you know, those dark nights, applying it to the world. Came across researchers like Jordan Maxwell, Michael, Michael Tessarion, uh, Mark Passio, which was uh, you know, just crucial information and really just took everything that I was learning from occultism and the, the principles and the, uh, the mysteries of nature and just condensed it into one package, practical package of what's going on in the world. And then at that point, um, taking that in for a couple years and just really, you know, soaking on it, I now I have the moral obligation. When you really get down to the causal factors of what's going on in the world, you got to act and you got to you got to stand up and say something. So now I'm a public speaker and a content creator. Uh, I love doing public events as well, being live in the flesh and conveying you know, serious talks of information. So that's where I'm at. Cool, cool. Were you a hip hop artist? Like, were you, you made music or were you behind the scenes? Or were you in front of the camera? So I did both. I personally have four solo albums and I co-produced three albums. So I, I started off, I just created a record label. I was producing and doing the engineering. Uh, I built a studio in my garage um, so I just did it from the ground up and had a bunch of artists on there. We did a lot of touring across uh, Southeast Asia and across uh, America. So it was fun, man. It was a great experience. I can't wait for your album with Joel. Joel Joel's a, uh, was a hip hop artist and you, I guess you could say still is. It's not his focus Sweet. right now, but, but uh, I love it, man. Awesome, man. Yeah, we got to collaborate. I, I feel the itch. I haven't, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't been in it that long. So the music and the hip hop I did, I called it feel good music. You know, it was for the club and and all the cliche type of stuff. But uh, conscious hip hop is where I would be going if I get back into it. So, And my partner, John, he's actually making music as well. So, Awesome, man. Bro, very, very similar journeys for sure. My, you know, my first love was hip hop. My first major passion was, you know, wanting to produce and create hip hop and rap. Um, and, you know, definitely also was able to, I guess, repurpose some of those gifts and some of the things I learned when it comes now to podcasting and to speaking and, and, and so what. Um, as you as you shared yourself, so nice to be here with you, man. And you know, um, I'm loving everything that you're about Excellent. so far. So, Sweet. I guess my question from here is: when you began to have these turning points and had these major introspective moments and gathered these unique insights, I guess what were those? What were those things that really, I guess, 
clicked you into gear? You know, what, what, what were some sure. of the main realizations you began to have? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a big theme in my work is I try to simplify the profound. So, you know, communication is key. That's really good. But if comprehension isn't there, then it's going to go over people's heads. So I simplify uh, concepts. I define words. This is just part of what I do. So um, bringing it down to the basics of what is going on in the world. Um, we can see that if we observe reality and what's going on on this, the social structure, uh, we're kind of in deep waters. And this is a reflection of, you know, the average person's psychology and state of mind. Uh, so really, you know, getting into natural law and, um, and really getting deeper into occultism. I'll define the word occult. The word occult mm. simply means hidden. It comes from the Latin occultare, and that's all it means is hidden. So, you know, we could be talking about technology, Wilhelm Reich, you know, these healing modalities. That's all occultism because it's not in the public eye. But what does it all mean and how can it be in practice and how can we apply it to the world? This was my turning point. So understanding basic concepts as what is a human being? Why are we here? What is a right? There's a lot of people that, you know, say they want freedom and claim that they, um, they're fighting for freedom, but they don't understand what a natural right is or even what true freedom really is. So these basic concepts, I think we need to, uh, you know, people in general need to kind of pump the brakes, rewind and dive into what they believe. We need to identify and break down and dissect these axioms, right? An axiom is something, is any type of information that is considered self-evident. So there's a lot of beliefs that, um, you know, the average person holds. Um, you know, you can see my t-shirt, the word government means mm -hmm. mind control. This is a huge part of my work. A lot of people think because we've just been programmed and conditioned as, you know, kids, and this has been going on for thousands of years, that there has to be a control system. So why do we need a control system? What is the control system? So really just going down into these fundamental um, aspects of the nature of reality, right? I can sum up my work as being the difference between the natural and the artificial, the real and the fake, you know, truth and deception. Um, so that's usually a good place to start um, in, <clears throat> in conversations is what is truth? So we live in a very relativistic society. You know, the theory of relativity was pushed hard in, in Einstein's day, which Einstein, if you, you, you go and you do the, the, the research and the homework, he was like the Fauci of his day, right? He was a plagiarist and he was the social engineers, just a puppet to be in the limelight. But these theories have been propagated to become truth. So, you know, yeah, there's something as relativity, you know, the distance between, uh, you know, Joel and me, right? That's, that could be relative. We're getting closer, um, though. Yeah, getting closer. <laughs> exactly. But when it comes down to reality, reality operates objectively, meaning it operates one way. It is what it is. We are in a reality, the universe, the one verse, the one song, the one change. So... um, so really diving into these these belief systems. Okay, so Will, what truth. is truth? Excellent, <laughs> perfect. I was trying, I was setting you up. Yeah, I know you um, So truth is, and simply it is what is. It's past tense. It's what has manifested. 
Now, the relative part of, of when people add that to truth is where you get into, you know, the new age movements and other movements as well, right? Your truth, my truth, his truth, her truth, etc. Right. But that's not actual truth. Truth is what has manifested in the world. We can come to know that and discover that. In certain instances, there's not enough information. You know, if there's events that are happening in the world, we might not come to know the truth. But what is the truth of what's going on in reality? What is the truth of how reality operates? We can discover and we can know these and we can harmonize our thoughts, emotions, and actions with the, the truth. So um, the truth, and you know, we could we could break this down in many examples, but that's the best way to describe it. It is what has manifested. Um, so when we look at a category like natural law, the truth is that natural law is in effect eternally. So that's truth. Okay, so I want to ask you this. Because sure. you'll hear people talk about objective truth and subjective truth. So how do you how do you um, talk about that? How do you explain that? For instance, let's say sure. like I'm weeping right now. You know, let's say I'm weeping and some event happened to my life. Like, you know, my subjective truth is that I'm highly vulnerable and broken and heartbroken and sad. And, and whereas, you know, the two of you may not be that. So Correct. how do you how do, how do you get in, engage in dialogue around those um, two yeah. concepts? Excellent question. So truth is not perception, right? People get these conflated and confused. Um, truth is not based on perception. Your perception is subjective and it is relative, right? But there is the truth, which is objective in nature. So yes, if someone is, if someone is crying and they're sad, yes, that is correct. They are sad, but that is their individual subjective experience right? It is not the truth. Um, so the truth doesn't mean something hasn't happened. So when we look at the world and we say, um, well, this person's perception, this person says reality is operating one way and another person says it's operating another way, it does not make both of them true. There is the truth. Someone is correct. Right. So this is where we can use a process. Hopefully we can talk about the trivium process of truth discovery, which is actually critical thinking. Go for it, man. Let's dive into that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, for sure. And this is a huge topic. Uh, I talk about conscious parenting. Any parents out there, I mean, people in general need to know uh, the trivia method. So trivium, let's define the word. It is Latin for its trace uh, and vium. So you've got two parts. That's three three-way path or roads. So this is the three-way path to truth discovery or critical thinking. You have grammar, logic, and rhetoric. So the first stage of grammar is when you're collecting all the available information, as much information as you can from an eclectic array of sources, right? That's step one. Step two is logic. This is the processing stage. This is where you, um, you put all the information together. You see the, the similarities, the contradictions. You weave those out. And then the rhetoric stage is where you come to your conclusion. Now also, and this is the scientific method as well, right? Um, but also the trivium is interesting because this is exactly how reality manifests, right? 
So we have, we can look at it as the Trinity as well, thoughts, emotions, and actions. So we are behavior. We make these choices. We act on the information that we hold. So that, that step one is grammar, the available information. This is where the social engineers, right, the controllers of the world, this is where they infiltrate. Because if people don't have the correct knowledge, then their actions, excuse me, that's my... I love your pup, man. My sidekick, man. He's always got to be on my lap. I love it. Um, so if we don't have the correct information available, then we're going to make incorrect choices. Mm-hmm. And that and incorrect behavior and actions. This is why government schooling and indoctrination is so is so powerful. And this is why they focus on this so much. So grammar school, anyone? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And I mean, it goes younger when you know, kindergarten, pre-K, daycare, all this kind of stuff, man. That they they have to put that wedge in the family dynamic as soon as possible because they want to be the first ones to put in that information. Because ultimately. The goal is to get humans to take incorrect actions and behaviors. This is the law of manifestation. The law of manifestation is not based on emotions. It's based on actions. It's not about what you feel. It's about what you do in reality and how you act. Now, your thoughts and your emotions in that order, right, they can influence and create your actions. So the trivium method is important to know, A, to discover truth and to see what truly is going on in the world. You can utilize this process in internal development, right? In your own psyche and what makes you tick and and self-development. But this is also how uh, the reality manifests, how we create the desired result that we want. We need correct information. We process that internally. And then we take the correct actions and behaviors. So oh, if, if the information is distorted from the outset, um, then obviously that's going to affect the, the entire decision-making process. It's gonna, the, the logic's going to be flawed. The logic's going to be distorted um, as well. Exactly. So the whole thing is compromised from the get-go. Exactly, for sure. This is how you, you know, the, uh, the newscasters... And the TV anchors, right? This is what they do. They mix in a little bit of correct information, but a lot of false information to trigger a response, to get a, uh, an entrainment to give you the wrong information. And with indoctrination school, right? One thing that they, they want to promote highly is that the belief in authority. So this is the whole premise of, of my work. If we have to ask and we reduce of what is the, the main issue in, in society. It's the majority of people have incorrect thinking. Therefore, they lead to incorrect actions. And we can even dive deeper on that to what those are and solutions. Let's go for it. Yes, keep, keep rolling, man. I, sure. love, I love what you're saying here. Cool, man. Excellent. So what is the, the incorrect information that leads to incorrect actions, right? It obviously is the, the most important information that, that one can attain. Knowledge of self and knowledge of reality. How does a hu- what is a human being? How does a human being operate? And how does the natural world operate, our reality? Right? So this information, these, are, these two categories are the most important. Now, 
there are two realms that we're going to talk about. They operate as one, but we're going to describe them as two. You have, I'm going to start with the plane of effects, actually. The plane of effects and the plane of causality, cause and effect. So what is the plane of causality? It's the realm of mind because all causes are from the mental realm, the mental level. The universe is mental, the all is mind. You have the thought first, triggers the emotion, and then you take the action. This is where the change lies in the causal realm. The plane of effects is the manifested realm. Someone has already taken the action and the behavior to set it in motion. It is already manifested, right? We are doing a, uh, a podcast right now, right? It's manifesting as we speak, but we had the thought first, right? Someone had the thought, let's invite this guy with a big old beard on here, talk about some deep stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the, the plane of causality and the plane of effects. So what is the, the information that we need to understand? We need to understand how our psyche works and how nature works. So the majority of people believe, right, that reality operates a certain way. And the belief in human authority, the belief in authority, There's only one true authority, and that is nature. I call it nature. You can exchange it with God, creator, whatever that might be, but I will make a caveat. I'm not talking about monotheism or the cultural religions. I think this is a a big issue that I can touch on as well. The creator of the universe, nature. I want to define the word nature. This is very important because the word nature, it's from uh, ancient, ancient Egyptian, the Kamishan uh, culture. This is where it's derived from. And it's spelled N-T-R. It's pronounced nature. Nature, like nature, right? It means creator. So what is natural? Natural, the definition means of or related to creation. So obviously, it's not man-made. Human beings did not create nature. Uh, and this is a big problem because, you know, in this materialistic, um, adamant, um, atomized society where scientists and everyone thinks that it's just matter is prime and nature is dead, it's not living, this is the, the disconnect from creation and, and human beings right? This is where we start to lose our harmony and our symbiosis. So we need to understand that nature is the authority. Human beings are not the authority. And that is the problem. We think institutions and government need to exist. They create quote unquote order, which is actually incorrect. They create chaos. We can see this all throughout history and in our our day and age. But really, it's the people that believe in this erroneous um, religious thought that human authority is moral and is valid because the majority of people support and condone these institutions and this this belief, right? So it's good to understand that there is government, there is politicians, right? There, these are people that are, that are making a claim over, really over the world, the land, the air, the water, and human beings, all beings, right? They're making that claim. 
but there's human beings that are submissive and obedient and most important, following orders that actually take the actions to keep the system in place. These can be police, military, doctors, nurses, teachers even, and, and just the, the everyday person that you know, goes out and votes and supports um, the control system. So this all stems from one belief that the majority of people don't even consider. So they're completely ignorant to it, right? They're ignorance. They're ignorant and they, or they don't want to take action upon it within themselves. And that is the belief in human authority. This is getting down to the causal factor. Now we're in the realm of mind and thought, right? So we, that's the first thing we need to do. The first thing of any problem is to, to create, to fully understand uh, and get a diagnosis. Diagnosis means by way of knowledge. We need to understand the problem. And the problem is the belief in human authority. So that is diving in on, on the self. Let's, let's roll it in on, into, uh, we're going to do some correspondence to why that's important, but let's look at reality. Reality operates objectively, meaning it operates one way for all human beings. There's no escaping it, right? This is natural law. People use different terms. They use universal law. They use cosmic law. I'm fine with all those. I prefer natural law because of the definition. Natural of or relating to creation, meaning it's non-man-made, and law. The true definition of law, right? And these definitions are from the etymology, which means origin, to what the word actually means. Law means a condition that is immutable, unchanging. If we look at man's law, human beings create laws. These laws waver and they're completely relative. They, you know, you can go, you can, um, you can use plants, you can smoke weed in, in one area and you, you cross an invisible line, you can get thrown into a cage, right? I mean, you can look at pro um, prohibition as a good example. These laws change just by a whim of a human uh, pad and pen. So they're very, very relativistic, and they're not true laws. These are just dictates from a ruling class. So I use the term natural law. So these are the, the immutable, non-man-made, eternal, universal conditions that govern reality. Most people understand you know, the physical laws. Again, metaphysical and physical are one and the same but we use these as description. People understand gravitation, uh, magnetism, thermodynamics. They understand that. Don't touch a hot stove. Don't jump off a cliff. Why? Because it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to fall. You're going to burn yourself. There's, there's no way around it, right? I mean, so that's, that's fact. That is truth. And this is immutable. So these are, we know these physical laws, but the physical realm, as I said, in the realm of the effects is the manifested realm. The realm of metaphysics, which, which means beyond physics, this is the, the, level, the realm of consciousness and energy. This is where it starts. A lot of people knows the, know these, these principles as the hermetic principles. Mentalism, correspondence, polarity, vibration, rhythm, cause and effect, and gender. So those principles, I mean, we could spend hours on, on all those principles, but 
that's very important to A, um, know and understand these principles and apply them to your life. You can look at everything and, and correlate and correspond these principles to. So natural law affects all things. Now we're going to talk about for human beings because there is a difference with levels of consciousness. I'm sure we can agree that the mineral kingdom, the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom, and the human kingdom are all separate and they're all different, right? Human beings are not animals. We have an animalistic characteristic about us, but we are far, far from animals. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're, we're blessed with logic and reason and the imagination. We have that divine spark. Um, animals, yes, they're sentient and they're conscious beings, but they cannot create music, do paintings, understand arithmetic, ha- uh, have philosophical debates. And I mean, there's a whole line of, of, uh, of differences physically as well. But so natural law, I'm going to talk about it, why it's so important for, for human beings. It's because it governs human behavior. This is also known as karma or simply cause and effect. The word karma means action. In Sanskrit, that's what it means. So this is why the law of manifestation is based upon actions. So we, what's going on today is perfect order. And, I, it, and that's, that's a fucked up thing to think about, right? Because we are in turmoil, suffering, human suffering, but we are doing this to ourselves. to ourselves. Natural law is perfect order, means it will give us the condition that we deserve that we are putting out there. This is, this is how karma works. So because we do not understand how reality operates and ourselves, and we support and condone and we act on these erroneous belief systems, right? We are creating and manifesting in the aggregate through our whole, all of our actions, um, our current human condition by law by the laws of nature. And there's, there's no limits to this. This can get worse, right? It can also get better. You know, I'm not one that's all about doom and gloom. Doom and gloom, I'm a realist. Um, I understand the, the level of, of where we're at for humanity and it's, it's bad. And, um, but there is still a help. You know, there still is a chance. And this is why I make this content and I talk about this type of information and engage into these kind of discussions. So moving on to, um, let's talk about behavior in general and actions. Let's simplify it, right? With natural rights. What is a right? A right by definition is any action or behavior that does not initiate harm to another being. It's that simple. So if we look at principles, first things first, as a human being, right? We exist, we have a body, thoughts, emotions, and actions. We owe everyone one thing, and that is do no harm. This is the first principle, non-aggression. The second principle is self-defense. Right. If aggressed upon, if a violation, which is that's where violence comes from, violence is a violation of 
um, a person's natural right, you have the right to defend yourself. Every, every being on this planet has a defense mechanism. Just how it is. Even grass releases a smell that makes you know, people itchy and stuff like that and detours animals as well. So there, we have these defense mechanisms. Um, and the third principle, which ultimately it should have been the first, I, I, I misplaced them, is self-ownership. Meaning that you exist, you have a body, you control its usage, you're responsible for your body, your actions, um, and um, you know, therefore, you need to understand these conditions that you act in the world and it, there's going to be repercussions, positive or negative. So this is important to understand, even though it's so basic, but still the majority of people don't even understand the concepts of rights. A lot of people might agree with me now, but the problem is, is applying it to the world. So we apply natural rights to government or in these institutions. Where does government get the right to issue commands that the, the majority of people must obey? Right. And if you don't, then you right, will yeah. be violated. <laughs> exactly. Thin air, thin air by magical means. Yeah. And that's the problem is that, um, you know, human beings, we say we want things. We want good health. Uh, we want wealth. We want freedom. A lot of people say we want freedom, but there are requirements for change. They do not just manifest by magical means. Those requirements are the trivium process, taking in correct information, applying it to yourself, and harmonizing your actions and behaviors so that you are in accordance to the laws of nature, to nature, and you are in harmony with the flow, with the symbiosis of creation, right? We look at, we look at nature, right? And we see how it operates. It's the greatest mentor for human beings to aspire to create systems that we can kind of operate and utilize, right? Because nature is ultimately perfect order. Nothing is, is unused. There is, no, um, there is no chaos in nature, right? People might uh, disagree with that and say, oh, well, you know, the lions attack the zebras and, um, you know, things break down in nature that is perfect order that's how it that's how it operates for a for a reason right i mean i'm a big herbalist and and gardening gardening's like my what i do on my off times i love it and uh, i bring my daughter and you know we do the whole worm farm right nothing is is wasted in nature yeah. it works perfectly there's no malignancy there's no evil in nature you know, and this is the thing that I think gets people confused when you when you apply it to your health as well. And there's other things I want to um, chat about regarding that, but I want you to continue with what you're talking about because this is amazing. Cool, awesome. I'm glad you guys are liking it. So let's um, <clears throat> let's move on to just quickly. Um, I just sure. have I've got a single question here. So we talk about the trivium method, and we talk about taking incorrect information. But I guess you, there's going to be questions. How do I know what correct information is? How do I decipher yeah. and determine what is correct and what's not correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, for sure. And, you know, and sometimes when, you know, the 9-11, let's take that for an example. We might not know the truth of that. We definitely know that it was, you know, it wasn't um, people in a cave that got on planes and, and smashed into the building. We, we know this just by doing research. We can understand even physical laws 
of uh, in the melting point of steel and all this kind of stuff. So it's doing the due, due diligence of going through the information. And then um, and what's actually interesting is that so once you take in the information, you process it and then you, you have your conclusion, that conclusion sometimes creates more grammar. This mm. is why we interact with other people say, you know, hey, hey, guys, here's my theory on this. You guys put a theory that creates more grammar. We process it. We come out with another conclusion. So, so but at, you're applying the trivium to the result of the trivium. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. And, and this is an ongoing process. When I'm talking about natural law and we understand these principles, this is just to get us up to par, right? To get us up to like where we, we need to, to be to operate in this reality. And then the information keeps going and we can get a better understanding of truth. There is truth. It's not really an end, end point when we're looking at it as the absolute truth of reality. Right. Um, but if I got in a car accident yesterday, I know the truth of that. It happened. Bam. It's done. It's a done point. But looking at it as the macro, the cosmic, that's developing at all times. But we need to get up to the basic, the foundational information. Because right now we're just going deeper, deeper into negative knowledge. Mm. It's interesting, too, when you apply obviously the you were talking about the trivium and this idea of the architects of control focusing on misinformation because you know you mentioned earlier about do no harm you know as a right so for instance i would have a right that i'm not going to uh, engage in a certain medical procedure or i'm not going to wear a mask and based on my knowledge that i've gained in my research I don't believe that invisible microscopic particles floating around in the air are going to cause harm to another individual. Whereas another person that's taken in different, I guess you would say grammar based on that or different information, mm -hmm. um, thinks something differently. So this is the dance that happens. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah, um, and but it, it brings to mind for me as well the whole debate of collectivism versus individualism. Because, I mean, some of the most incorrect information we've taken in is based and rooted in collectivism. And this is where people claim um, false authority, you know, based on, based on these ideas, based on all the altruism, all the guilt, all the shame that's been conditioned upon us. Um, it's a belief so as well. Exactly. For sure. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's why we need to dive into belief and knowing, right? Because you can know something. I mean, there's been studies done even in the, 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 the whole uh, you know, terrain theory and, and, and virus, virus theory, right? Where I'll give you an example, a personal example, right? <clears throat> I rarely get sick. Kiss my daughter on the mouth. I'm around kids and stuff that are sick and I don't get sick. Now I understand taking care of my body and taking care of the terrain and, 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 and health and all that stuff. But there's been studies done where they released a quote unquote virus into um, it was like 50 or 60 people and only a small fraction of them got sick. Well, why is that? So there's contradictions even in their own models. Mm -hmm. And it does, collectivism is a big problem because what is collectivism? Well, there, it's just individuals that share the same belief. That's all it is. So that is the collectivistic society. But we need to break it down to the causal factors of, I mean, even the allopathic system is based upon the belief in authority. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, well, it's yeah, individuals sharing beliefs based on 
the individual within that group which has the most influence, which has pushed their belief um, yep. through force, right? Through breaking these natural laws. Exactly. 100%, man. And this is, you know, this has been going on for, for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, we look at uh, kingship. What's the difference between kingship and government? It's nothing, actually, because kingship is just uh, the right to rule by one person, right? And then government is the right to rule with a few people. It's still the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's still the belief in authority. They kept, um, they kept the G as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For sure, man. So it's good to understand, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so we talked about natural rights. Um, and this is another great point that I want to make is morality. When people think about morality, a lot of people think that it's, <clears throat> it's almost derived from Christianity or religions. And that's not the case. You know, morality is, is based on natural rights. The definition of morality is uh, the difference between right behavior and wrong behavior, right action versus, versus wrong action. So there's, you know, there's an infinite amount of right actions that we can take. But if we use a process called apophysis, this is the apothetic method, which is using the negative, looking at the negative to get the affirmative, right? So looking at what it is not to find, to discover what it is. So if we apply that process to morality, what are the wrongdoings? Well, that's easy because there's really seven of them. Murder, assault, rape, uh, theft, trespass, coercion, and deception, which is willfully lying. Like lying, you know, that this thing I'm going to inject in you is safe. That's deception, right? All seven of those create harm, right? They, I mean, we can sum it up into those categories. They're all one thing, and that is theft. They're all a taking of something, taking of life, taking of bodily um, 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 security in your lair, sexual consent, all this. It's a taking of something. So really, there's one wrongdoing, and that is theft. Do not steal. Do not steal, which does not belong to you. It's that simple. So, we look at the world today with government and, you know, the police and military violating people's rights. These are all wrongdoings. We have the right to defend ourselves, right? We need to use discernment, obviously, certain areas. It's, it, it wouldn't be wise for your well-being to do that. You might, you know, we need this type of information to get out to more people um, for this reason that I'm going to say. Natural law, Right. Karma works in the aggregate, in the, the, the whole aggregate of society, because it works individually as well, but it, it's not as, as potent to, you know, a planetary, uh, manifesting a planetary condition, right? So it's like we add up all the individuals, and if, if the majority of the population are immoral, taking... Um, taking incorrect actions that cause harm, you know, supporting the uh, supporting government and supporting immoral and coercion, uh, 
institutions, you're supporting that system. That is creating harm. You're adding to the pot of energy, right? So the condition, the human condition by law, by natural law, it's going to manifest. So we need morality, natural rights, natural law, which is how reality operates. We need this information to get out to people. The more people understand that, integrate it within themselves, then they can change their actions and behaviors. This is the law of freedom, meaning that a morality is directly proportional to freedom. As a society becomes more immoral, then it becomes less free. We get slavery. And then if a society is moral, freedom increases, right? So our, our current human condition is one of slavery. We are enslaved. Now, there's two parts to this. There's physical slavery and mental slavery. All three of us absolutely are not slaves mentally. Unfortunately, we are slaves physically because we operate in this world and the majority of people are condoning it and there is a control system. When you make a claim onto someone, that is the definition of slavery. If you cannot, if you need a license or a permit to travel upon the earth, you are making a claim on their body. That is the definition of slavery. Now, we can look at slavery and most people, you know, they think about, you know, I'm in America, they think about um, the Civil War times with, uh, with, you know, with black slavery and all types of other different types of slavery from all different types of races, right? So whips and chains, overt slavery. Now, overt slavery, it's, it's easy to discover, right? I mean, it's right in the open. You're seeing people get whipped and chained and murdered and, and raped. And I mean, it's, it's easy to say, okay, yeah, we're fucked. We're, this is slavery. But covert slavery via mind control is the worst. Because the majority of people do not understand that they are slaves or they're enslaved and they keep propagating the system. They keep turn they are the gears and the wheels that that turn the system and make the slave uh, the the condition of slavery continue. So that is that that's harder to um, to diagnose and to see. And this I love is how what, you said via mind control, considering absolutely. your shirt via government. Yes. Yes, exactly. And the bottom actually says uh, it's got the breakdown, the etymology. Government, breaking it, the etymology down, gubernare is Latin for um, control. And mens or mens, mentes, is the mind. It's government literally means mind control. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah. What do you think is the ideal in terms of, okay, no government? Like, do you believe in zero government? Like, if if we have an immoral society where most of the people are immoral, are we just going to wave a magic wand and go, no government, and now we are free? (laughs) You know what I mean? Good question. Yeah. So um, this is going to be multiple lifetime process to how what what I see is, you know, is pulling back from that control system. Um, as individuals, this would be detaching. I call it detachment activism, right? You're detaching from the system by not participating in paying taxes or, or supporting to the best of your ability, the control system, right? 
So this is going to be a long process, you know, um, but how would it would operate obviously on a local level, right? Voluntary interactions, human beings. And this is kind of the, the big, you know, the big issue with people. They think, oh gosh, no government. Well, then there's just going to be chaos and people are going to be killing everyone. And how is society going to operate? And it, it's quite simple. It operates on voluntary interaction. People, you know, they, 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 it's consensual to go to the store and, and buy groceries. The person that's bagging your groceries is, is consenting to taking that position. So ultimately, we would have a society where everyone, we all have unique skill sets. You would be doing those skill sets. That would be contributing. Your life passion would be contributing to society. But everything would be done on a local level. You know, farming, everything should be done on a local level right now. It's not. It's done on a global level with, with manufacturing and production and all this. And this is part of, you know, the agenda that, they, they, that they're, they're trying to go for. But there's still going to be individuals that breach that, that voluntary boundary, right? Oh, absolutely. And great question. Great question. And I'll say this right now. Look, we exist in this reality to learn lessons. This is not a utopia. The word utopia means nowhere. It doesn't exist. This realm is never going to be perfect whatsoever. So even if we didn't have government and, um, you know, and we're living in a free society, this is the fear of freedom. People are scared that they might have to act and defend themselves at some point. So it doesn't mean that there's still, you know, someone's not going to try to violate you, steal from you, hurt you in any way, right? Yeah. This, is, this is understanding these principles of self-ownership, non-aggression, and self-defense. So this is where, you know, the majority of people, you know, oh, I, we want government to save us. Because there's bad people out there to cause harm, we want government, the bad people, to protect us. Yeah. So they so don't cause harm. I'm an um, avid reader of Ayn Rand um, and a cool. huge fan. And, you know, there's a lot of, lots of similarities between what you're proposing here as natural law and, I guess, objectivism and some of her theories as well. And she suggested that the only role of government should be to protect individual rights, i.e. protect the individual from theft or from, or, or, or from force. Um, so what if the only role of a government was to enforce natural law? What, what are your thoughts on that? Can't happen because I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. be because the only person that can, the only one that can protect, I'm the only one that can pr protect myself. Right. So as soon as you abdicate that responsibility to a group of people, then you're getting into a totally different realm. This is how the uh, American government, uh, this is how it was established. Oh, they're only going to protect our rights. Yeah, right. It never works that way because you're, you're creating a, an elite class and that will always spiral out of control. You can never have the belief in, in government, the belief in human authority it's, it can never be, you can never make a wrong a right. So we need to understand. Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, if we're living in a community that, you know, we don't protect the old people. That's, that's not what I mean at all. I'm just saying that we have, as human beings need to understand our responsibility, our ability to respond to the natural world and that we are responsible uh, to defend ourselves and responsible to defend our own rights. So you think if like in this, in this hypothesis that we're suggesting here, that if someone sure. came and killed your entire family, 
that there should be no reprieve. If someone just came and burned down your house, right? There should be no reprieve. Like oh, no, there should be there should be no there should be no third party barometer to 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 decide anything. Sure, you you can have a third. You can have an investigative party, right? Because mm. the interaction is voluntary. The problem is, is when you're creating a a type of government that is regulating rights. They say, okay, that was right, that was wrong. That's when you get into an an issue. Does that yeah. make sense? It, it, it makes sense. In in what I'm thinking, I don't think that this government would be determining rights. I think they'd be simply upholding an an agreed right, which I guess in your instance would be natural law. For me, it would be individual rights. But same thing. Same thing. Ultimately, who knows? Like we're not. We're not yeah, there. it's exactly. not. It's not our current reality right now, and we're we're hypothesizing and having a dialogue. Because even when you were talking, I was like, well, if everything's at the local level and there's a community of 150 people, would there be like 10 people that would be part of some council that would determine? certain things like let's say someone came in from a, another um local tribe and and took your crops and and burned your house down you know what i'm saying so it's it's just interesting to think about we're not there obviously but we're we're you know yeah and great, the great great question. Is there's, there's always going to be savages right yeah. oh for sure <laughs> savages <laughs> Exactly. And that's, and I get when, when I'm out and I'm doing like street education and stuff, I get people and this conversation always goes that direction. And I, I tried to, to my main point is yes, you, you guys, those are great, excellent questions. And that's the thing. It's like, look, one, we're not there yet. Who knows what that's going to look like, right? All we know is that morality is objective, meaning it doesn't, it doesn't waver in harm right? Harms the, 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 uh, the common denominator. Um, and human beings can cooperate and work together in a voluntary exchange. Who knows what that's going to look like? But like you said, we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. What's going on right now is that we have psychopaths um, that um, are violating people and the majority of people are condoning and supporting it through a religious belief system of the belief in human authority yeah oh yeah we're, we're so far in the opposite direction we just need to at least take, yeah. take some of the load off before we can start thinking about what, what it might look like for sure exactly yeah for sure definitely mm. all right will um what is freedom great question yes what is freedom i did a whole presentation on this where i simplified it as best as possible so Freedom, right, is obviously the state of being free, the state of free will expression. That is the state of freedom, simply, right? So understanding rights and and natural law, uh, how reality operates, um, it's really important to understand the the mindset, the psychology um, in in this realm, right? So we all know that fear drives control and it and slavery ultimately right this the level of consciousness of slavery and control is fear and one of love is um freedom and harmony with nature and with oneself so really looking at our own psychology is important we need to get into the expression of as i think so i feel and so i act this is really important. This is why occultism, I think, is a huge category because it's really about 
um, self-development and psychology and, and very much into natural law and how these principles and these laws of nature correspond with the self. This is how we can get a better understanding. So the, the state of freedom, right? Uh, we talked a little bit of kind of the human condition. Um, so if we, if we think about what do we have to do to get to freedom, right? And I, I think I always say no leaders, more artists, right? A leader is someone that is expressing themselves and but is leading you down their own path. We need mentors. A mentor is like a stepping stone and you can have many mentors throughout your life, right? This is someone you go to that you collect a whole bunch of information um, to expand your awareness and then you move on uh, and increase your skill set. But we need artists because how do we reach the unconscious masses of people that don't understand any of this type of information? Well, we need to, we get, we do there through the heart. It's through inspiration. So obviously applying this information to yourself, the cliche, you know, be the example, be the change, but then going publicly and talking about this type of content, things that like you guys are doing, this is, this is fantastic. Um, but it's important to understand what modern literacy is today. To be literate under, means in, in, in today's age, means that you understand tech. We have technology here at our disposal. We can do a podcast and reach thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, of minds that can take in information. So we need to understand the tech. Um, so in, in a free society, that does not mean, oh, we need to you know, revert our technology level back. Technology is neutral. A hammer is a hammer. I could build a house or I can smack someone over the head with it. It all depends on the wielder. So this is important to understand that the majority of people are illiterate to what's going on in the world and with themselves. And also uh, for the solution base, they're illiterate on how to get a message out, how to create freedom and talk about freedom. Right. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, control systems that are, are, you know, censoring information and taking videos down. You know, YouTube's not the only vi video platform. If people don't know, right, there's Odyssey, there's there's all kind of bit shoot, there's all kinds mm -hmm. of things and marketing and promoting and getting the message out. But it's important. The message is one of. Cause the causal factor, and that's kind of the, the purpose of, of the information that I talk about. Yeah, I think it's pretty incredible too when you look around, especially the last several years, you know, with these alternative platforms that are coming for us. So no matter what the architects of control are doing, there's always going to be people that are going to come up, they're going to use thought, and then they're going to, you know, create new things, take action. And I think in some ways, I don't maybe not be one step ahead, but yes, like create something new that allow that allows this information to get out there to impact more and more people. I mean, like you said, a podcast. It's kind of incredible. Yeah. You know, we've been doing this for a year and a half. And sometimes Joel and I go, wow, man, like we're just been doing this thing. And it's amazing how many people uh, it goes out to. Now, we're not Joe Rogan where we get 10 million people that see it. But still, you know, there's that impact, that ripple effect. You impact one person and who do they impact within their community? And it becomes exponential. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been really incredible to witness, you know, not just on our end, but just everyone else that's doing what they're doing, what you're doing. And it's 
you see it, man. You see there is, I'm, I'm more of an opt, I'm a realist, but I'm also an optimist as well, where I, I, I feel like there's pretty amazing and profound change happening. And a, a lot more people are looking at what these architects of control are doing. And, and they're just like, what? Nah, mm -hmm. fuck that shit. Yeah, that, that's why I say, you know, I do say that there is not a great awakening. There's a mm. great awareness. And to me, that's opportunity. That's where we have to jump on it. Because yes, there are a lot of people that are kind of looking around going, wait, you know, shit's kind of fucked up right now. This is some, some dark shit. So that's the time to get out there and go public, create content. Because, you know, when I said no leaders, more artists, what does an artist do? An artist creates art. Right. What yeah. is art, right? The art is expression. It's energy. It's action. We're creating that. And then, um, you know, and you put it on online and it becomes an, an art of fact. Yeah. Um, so mm. it, it's, it's kind of cool. And even that word artist, I think so many people have it mixed up, but they're like, well, but I don't paint and I don't, yeah. I don't dance and I don't. And it's like what you just said, the simplicity of it is creation and expression. Yeah. And, you know, one of one of my favorite quotes is, you know, the most creative act you'll undertake is the act of creating yourself. Even like from that place, self-knowledge, knowing yourself, you know, healing your wounds, becoming more self-aware. And then how then that leads to future creations and what you do and how you move forward and how you act. And so, you know, I think exactly. this word artist is so amazing, but people have this like, oh, I'm not that. I'm not an artist. I'm not a creative person. When I think every person is creative. It's inherent in being a human being. Absolutely. And that's, and you're right on that, man, dead on. The social engineers, right? The dark occultists, um, they understand this. And the death of the imagination is just, is rampant. When, it, when we talk about freedom, the fear of freedom is really, you know, the, the death of the imagination because people can't imagine what it would be like without the control system. It's the slave identifying with the oppressor. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's horrible. And that's what it really is. We all have this capability, that divine spark, that creative essence. And it just needs to be activated in people. And this is where, you know, content and energy and, and stuff like you guys are doing, it inspires people. And uh, I mean, I found you guys because someone on Facebook shared your podcast. And I'm like, oh, these guys are dope. So cool, um, yeah, and we and, and, and we found you because you reached out as a result, you know. Like, yeah, that's right. That's the um, ripple effect, right? That's what we yeah. want to create. Yeah, man. And I mean, this ties back into the trivium as well for me because, like, when the grammar is so distorted, when the information is so incorrect, when the inputs are so convoluted, look at the kind of art we get in our society today. Yes, you know exactly. What's 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 the source that? these people are pulling from to want to create this stuff, right? The art's simply a manifestation of, you know, that, that individual's own personal philosophy at, 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 at the end of the day. And look around you. We're seeing, you know, toilet bowls and frames, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure, man. And Travis Scott concerts. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is why, you know, a huge portion of my work is conscious parenting. And, mm. um, and, and I, I, the information that we've talked about thus far, I bring this into the, the the parenting realm, which parenting parenting to me is it's more of a stewardship, right? Even the word parent, parenting, it's like a pair of parents renting from the state. It's you know it it, it it's really a a facilitation that we're doing with these young beings that uh, we're there to guide and instill moral principles 
the stuff that we talked about today. It's, you know, it's, it's teaching your children that, uh, you know, do no harm, but take no shit and guiding them to be moral beings and to activate their conscience, their conscience to know. So, um, so that it, it's really yeah. important. So, Will, my two daughters are constantly breaching each other's individual rights, when, especially when it comes to force. <laughs> yes. what, are you, what are your recommendations? That's, yeah, that, that's great. I, I, have, I have one daughter, right? But she's, yeah, she's constantly violating the dogs, man, all the time. No, <laughs> they just, I want to see what they look like in these little dresses. And I'm like, he clearly doesn't like it. Um, <laughs> this is the beautiful thing about, you know, being a parent is that um, this whole reality is a schoolyard. It's the university, right? We're here to learn. So, you know, young kids, yeah, they're going to they're gonna violate each other and they're going to figure it out. I would say, it would, you know, it's on the parent's job to kind of explain to them and lead by example. I'm all about, you know, communication with your children. Um, and of course, understanding um, the, the stages of growth, you know, zero to seven, the, the formative years, the yeah. formative years. This is like formatting a hard drive, meaning your child, everything that's going on, it's soaking up and it's laying the, the, the subconscious and the programming of the operating system, the way they ver- view the world. That's why that stage is so crucial. Uh, it's also why, you know, the, the social engineers want kids, you know, parents to sacrifice their kids right into some kind of institution. Um, so it, it's, it's a tough realm for parents nowadays. The norm is co-parenting, right? Parents aren't staying together and stuff. Uh, I'm in a co-parenting situation. Uh, a little, little more blessed that um, my daughter's mother is uh, more aware than than most people. So we we can at least agree on principles and these basic foundational uh, things, you know, schooling and that kind of stuff. That's great. Uh, you know, I'm a vaccine abolitionist. So is she. So that's awesome. That's great. But, um, how does yeah. so how do you how does this work in application for you? Like, what are some of the things that you might do to try? You know, teach. Um, your daughter some of these ideas and so guide her, I guess, in accordance with your own philosophy? Yeah. Um, my daughter and I, we both love to garden. I look at uh, creating a garden is a great way to introduce kids to the natural law principles, right? Mentalism, correspondence and everything. Because you can see all these, um, all these principles in effect right? The cause and effect within a garden, right? You have the thought first that you want to create a garden. You go out there and the correspondences with the, the mind is just like a garden, right? The as above, so below. You have the rhythm with the seasons changing. You have the polarity with, the, you know, the, the male and the female, even gender in there, right? Gender is considered a mental gen- gender, like an energy, obviously biological as well. We can see this in gardening. So it's kind of pointing out these correspondences. Um, I, I don't force loads of information on my daughter. I just spend quality time and, I, uh, and I'm very aware of her needs. I think with, with young children, that's really important for parents is that to provide as much resources for your child's needs. Uh, a big message is like, look to parents, hey, you don't own your kids, right? They're not your property. You are there to guide and facilitate their experience. They are going to, um, they're, they're going to be unique. 
So it's it's good to recognize the um, the creativeness and the un- uniqueness in them and support that. Right? My daughter likes to do stuff that I, I don't like to do, but hey, you know she wants she wants to do that, and then I'm going to get on her level and you know play with some Legos and stuff. That's you know that's a, a crude example, but I think a lot of parents they uh, it's called psychological transference. It's when how they were raised, they just carry that on into raising their kids without question. Well, my kids got vac- I got vaccines when I was a kid. I'm giving my kid all their vaccines. You know, it's like even though you probably had 20 and now your kid's mm. getting 70. Yeah. Right? And they never question it. So um, the, the phrases, the common phrases in, in culture, right? You know, do what I say because I say so. That's, that's all a control, uh, a presser mentality, right? So it's, um, there's many ways to go, to go through that. I, I did a two-part presentation that's, you know, really, I think it's really important for parents to check out. Every okay. parent awesome. is going to have their own unique style. That's one thing that I say, you know, we can look at someone like um, Dana Martin, which is a personal mentor of mine. I, I love Dana Martin. She She's on one spectrum with a radical unschooling and peaceful parenting. And then there's other people that are, you know, down the, the gradient to traditional parenting, right? Every, every family is going to find their own unique style, but there are principles like the principles we talked about today of objective morality and natural rights. These are objective, meaning it doesn't matter your parenting style. It applies to everyone. This is the kind of stuff that parents need to, to understand, uh, to understand and take in and then convey to their children as well. Beautiful, man. Thanks for sharing. Um, I'm definitely excited to check out those presentations too. I think it's really important. And it's something that, you know, I think we're in a time now where we all have to look a lot deeper because we're all, many of us are navigating for the first time as many people are awakening, coming to greater awareness of, wow, how do we actually be appropriate stewards of this information? Um, You know, particularly when most of us were still obviously perpetually learning ourselves, evolving ourselves, understanding more of ourselves deeper. So yeah, man, it's, 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 it's it's all exciting and it's life. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's definitely a process and um, it's just time. It's time to create action and and for people to activate. And it definitely starts within the mind. Mm. So, Well, what's your dream, man? Like, what's your dream? Like the next five, 10 years, like, what do you want for you? What do you want? What do you see for your daughter? I'm just curious. Yeah. Good, good question, man. Um, my dream, I, I'm fully invested in in my daughter, obviously. I mean, I, I do, um, I'm in a co-parenting situation. I get lots of time with her. Um, so I, I'm excited. My long-term dream is to just see how she develops and how she becomes. Um, you know, my personal work is to get this message of freedom and natural law out to as many people and, and you know, hopefully do that full time and, and just, um, maybe get back into music and, and expand that message in numerous amounts of ways. But, um, and then have a big ass piece of land with a big ass garden on it. But, um, my daughter Violet's definitely on my focus. I'm really inspired Mm. by her. You know, our children are like mirrors to ourselves. She has taught me so much about myself. It's incredible because they mimic right back onto us, right? It's like a mirror. Any of our, um, any of our issues, psychological issues, emotional uh, issues, 
uh, we can kind of instill those into our children and and be completely unconscious about that. So it's just cool to see uh, the character, the similarities, and and to grow with her. And that's that's on my focus, and to try to make. You know, uh, w- when she's grown up and she asks me, you know, if hopefully, hopefully the world has changed, but if it has not, and she asks me, you know, dad, it's so fucked up. What did you do to, to help change? I want to have, I, I want her to know that answer. So I want to, you know, um, steadfast on this message, man. Yeah, awesome. brother. I mean, you, I, I think you're doing a great job, man. I, I really appreciated everything you had to say. Um, I think our audience is really going to dig it. I dug it, man. Really, your ability to communicate, to be clear, and like you said earlier, to simplify uh, complicated subjects and distill them down in, in a way that's digestible and understandable is definitely a gift that you have. Um, one thing I want to bring up, only because it's right behind you on your, I guess, your back right, depending on on how the camera's set up. You know, symbolism is a big thing, and many people who will see that symbol of the pentagram will have their own perception of it. So can you explain what that symbol is, what it means, and what are the distortions of that symbol as well? Absolutely. Great question. I, I, I'm an animist, like it said in my, in my bio, right? An animist is synom- synonymous with paganism, but people have a an issue with paganism, right? Because paganism is created by, by Christianity and stuff. But an animist is the root spirituality where all other religions took from and created their, their control system. That pentagram represents nature itself, the, the five elements of earth, air, water, fire, and spirit. Um, this, that is the harmony of nature. We have these elements, all these elements, um, they correspond to the, the human being, the psyche as well, right? The earth being the body, the air being the mind, the water being the emotions and the fire, uh, meaning actions and the spirit, right? The spirit that animates our bodies. This is what an animist is. An animist is really a worldview. It understands that Nature in reality is all consciousness and energy, right? It's all one. It's all one system and different unique uh, variations. So it's a really, that's another powerful topic that I love because I think that that uh, worldview can really gain great perspective for people to see the world as levels of consciousness and as energy. That symbol has been um, inverted right? Turned upside down. So spirit is on the bottom. And this is representing that the creation spirit, the divine is beneath um, man. So the social engineers, the dark occultists love that symbol, right? The church of Satan, um, Satanism, all this kind of stuff, which by the way, Satanism, you know, it's not the, the worship of a goat, uh, goat God, right? Satanism is a state of mind. The majority of people are Satanists in the world. It's it's the mindset of egotism and and moral relativism. That's what it is. So um, it's a huge symbol. It's got the Ouroboros around it with the mm. snake eating its own tail, signifying signifying the universe and the one song, the universe, right? The continual cycle uh, of nature. Yeah, Thank man. So that, important man. that we so important that we reclaim this symbology and we we apply the trivium and we understand the correct information for ourselves as well. You know, um, 
I've I've done some research into sort of mystery traditions as well. And another another one is Baphomet, right? But what does mm. Baphomet mean? If you break it down, Baph is simply baptism. Met comes from metis, which is wisdom. It means baptism in wisdom. It's just the symbol of 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 the of the mystery school tradition, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so exactly. Yeah, man. We need to we we, we fear what we don't know, right? You got it, brother. Yeah, no, and well said. And that, that's why I'm I'm huge on occultism. There's a lot to to understand and, and learn from there. Um, you just gotta have the eyes and ears to to see and hear and be ready for it, right? And understand, yeah. like you said, symbolism. A manly P. Hall had a great quote. Um, I'm probably not gonna get every word of it right, but yeah, it's like I know when, what you're talking about. When human beings understand yeah. the world of symbolism, then they were they will. Evolve yeah. a great a great veil shall fall from, from the eyes from the eyes of man. Yeah, exactly. something, like, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. And this and, just goes to speak like like a cult isn't dark unless it's intentionally dark, right? Yeah. Um, but there's people who are, I guess, um, manipulating occulted knowledge for dark purposes and for dark intentions. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. This is what I consider the social engineers, right? Occultism is that information is how the self operates, the human psyche and the body and natural law, the laws of nature. That's all it is. Now you have dark occultist and light occultist, which simply means just how are you using the information, right? And uh, you can use it to cause harm and, or you can use it to, for self-development and, and create freedom. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, sorry. No, I was just gonna say it's just like an individual who learns and studies psychology and the nature of the psyche to use it to manipulate others versus to live a more uh, moral life. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, and then this, you know, the the social engineers, this information of natural laws has been passed down within their own little their sects for just you know hundreds and thousands of years, and that's. That's what it's about. We can see the symbolism everywhere and how they they just, you know, they use it to their advantage. And it's all for the control of the mind. So Yeah. We all have a personal unconscious, right? That's that's the that's the that's the that's what's occult within you. That's occulted within you is that unconscious, that which you do not know. Exactly. Yeah, the shadow work, right? Bringing the, the light of knowledge to, to that what you don't see, the darkness. This is what education means, right? The, the, the actual, the word education means to lead one out of. Lead one out of what? Out of ignorance, the darkness. So it's, you know, the shadow work is all about shining the light on the unconscious, seeing your own patterns, your own uh, uh, habits, right? This is where ritual comes in. We all have ritual. We all sacrifice. We all sacrifice energy and we all have ritual, which ritual is just habits, you know, what we do on a daily basis. And uh, it's as simple as observing your daily habits, right? This is a good place for people to start for even basic shadow work. Observe your daily habits, what you do throughout the day, acknowledge your thoughts and your emotions, journal them down. Journaling works really well. And, and then, you know, apply deep introspection to that and the patterns will reveal. And to me, I mean, that's what consciousness is all about. It's awareness, but ultimately it's pattern recognition, right? It's a being's um, ability to recognize patterns in oneself and in its environment. And, and the um, 
ability and knowledge to make different choices. You know, awareness is one thing, you know, there's non-action technically in awareness. It's just a witness state, but then being able to make different choices, I think is, uh, is yeah. really important as well. Cause there's a lot of people out there that are like, well, I know this is why I do those things, but I just can't change. I just can't, I can't make different choices. I, I know that I shouldn't be attracted to these types of partners into mm-hmm. my life, but I, you know yeah. what I mean? So like, yep awareness isn't the end all be all it's being able to alter behavior and make different actions that i so think you can have a different experience yeah yep absolutely man and this is what this is what reality is all about right it's not it's not deterministic which is what the religionists say <clears throat> and it's not all about free will which is kind of how the materialists um scientists talk about right it's yeah. both yeah. It's that we have free will choice. That's the random component. You can choose, but you cannot avoid the consequences of your choice, which is the determined um, component of reality, which is natural law or yeah. karma. Another, that, that's such a, another, another little unrand synch- synchronicity there. You, know, she's like, yeah, she, you can avoid reality, but you can't avoid the consequences of avoiding reality. Exactly. Yeah. I. I mean, we'll have to maybe get you on another time or uh, another conversation, yeah. but it's just so interesting just even thinking about this idea of free will, because if a person hasn't done their shadow work, you know, if they're super traumatized and they're uh, operating moment to moment from this just unconscious, unconscious, reactive place, like, are they operating from free will? You know, like, are they, are, do they have the ability to stand between opposites and choose? Or are they just like a yo-yo just being like, flopped around, you know, from one thing to the next. So that's, that's an interesting mm-hmm. thing too, to, to, yeah. to well, think about. Dude, that, that's a great question. That's where the shadow work comes in, right? Yeah. Because yes. here's the thing about free will, right? It has to be actualized, mm-hmm. right? What is potential is not actual, you know? So it's like your free will, you have to actualize that. So you, you have to be conscious of the choice. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the method of mind control, right? They they're getting people to make these choices, but they're being they're un, totally unconscious on their choices. They're under mind control. So yeah. that's a good that's a good topic, man. I mean, I would so, yeah. love to come on again. You know, that's you guys are great. So we 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 gain access to more choice, to more of our free will by shining the light of our consciousness onto our shadow, right? By becoming more aware, now we have more choice. Um, so yeah, you're, you're right. Most people, they're not enacting their free will. They don't even, they're not. Yeah. 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 And the more you do shadow work, the more aspects of yourself you shine a light on, you have greater imagination, you know, so all, you have the ability to imagine more, to see things in a different light and also just have more compassion because you're seeing things in other people that you know exist within yourself. So you're less likely to even project that on others. So it's, you know, shadow work is so, so important, you know, integrating, becoming more whole um, is such a huge piece of the puzzle. Yeah, man, I love it. Uh, Another kind of realm I like to go in is the anima and the animus, right? Mm. This is, you know, big with Carl Jung and and psychology because it's so important, even with parenting. Um, And we we look at the, the control system, right? And really, human beings are in a state of um, abandonment, right? Because you have, you have the, uh, and this is why there's always the the left and the right, right? The Republicans and the um, the Democrats. They create these dialectics, and they correspond to the parental abandonment issues within people, because you know parenting has been degraded for for a long time, and you know some people have daddy issues, some people have mommy issues. The people with the mommy issues are more likely to go 
leaning to the the Democrats or the left and the liberals and the people with um, um, daddy yeah, issues, issues. L- lean with to the Republicans and more of, you know, promoting military and this kind of stuff. They know the psychology. The social engineers are are psychologists. They're dark psychologists. They know how the mind works. And um, so many threads to pull on. <laughs> so many threads, bro. <laughs> Hmm. Man. Yeah, and you know, like stuff. this, like what, what Walter Russell proposed that we have most access to our power when we're most balanced, right? So finding that sensor point, the you know, yeah, healing the anima and animus in the relationship, you know, to to have that balance, to have power, to have access to all the things that we've been discussing. Yeah, man. I mean, this, you know, healing. He, the word healing means whole. Yeah. Um, mm. So it's like we we need to get to that place, <clears throat> excuse me, of of wholeness, holistic, right? The point of a balance, like you said, Joel. Um, I mean, it's so. And then you know, it's just it's amazing. It can be amazing, and it's an ongoing process. I I really do believe that. But you know, you can gain certain, you, you achieve certain levels as you go with your awareness. Um, and yeah, of course, man. it's nonstop. Con- Consciousness is not a thing. It's not stagnant. It's it's forever a process. It's forever evolving. But for the for the, for the individual whose gaze is towards expanding consciousness, towards knowing more of self, more of reality, then it doesn't end. The work just it, it's it's infinite. It's infinitesimal. It's not gonna. There's not an end point, right? We're all just here, constantly evolving our consciousness through these dialogues, through these conversations, through being willing to learn more about ourselves. This is what, this is the divine intention, the cosmic will, the cosmic will, the divine intention. They, it wants consciousness to grow, evolve and expand just like the natural world, right? I mean, trees, vines, everything wants to grow and expand. This is the nature of consciousness. And, um, and you know, this is ultimately our purpose. And it might be many lifetimes that, that we do this and it will continue and we, we move up the levels as well or go down the levels. Um, yeah. But yeah. Awesome, man. I want to I wanna close off um, and get your thoughts on this little quote, which I've just come across, which I think is very relative to this entire conversation. And it says, thinking which does not start from and continue in close relation to its foundations in the physical universe must lead to falsity by Alvin Boyd Poon. Mm, fascinating. Fascinating. Right. Um, yeah, it, 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 I'm, what I'm taking from that is, you know, the metaphysical and the physical, the mental realm, the mental realm and the physical realm. Um, sound like it was almost talking about the, the cause and effects. Yeah, the that's right. The cause and the plane of the effects. How far has our thinking drifted from the natural world? Right when when yep. our thinking is in alignment with the natural world, with the natural principles of 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 the cosmos, then we're far more likely to be aligned with truth. But the mm-hmm. further it drifts from those foundational principles, look at the Maya we have all around us. Look at the falsity that's that's polluted um, everything. So if there's a message to take away from this entire conversation, it's let your thinking be aligned with and rooted in the simple natural principles. You know, come back to the foundations. Come back to, I guess, truth. Exactly. We need to return to nature. We've drifted so far off. We're disconnected. We are in opposition with nature, with creation, uh, with that which is, right? Truth. That it's time that, you know, we we pull our awareness centered and forward and, and activate 
and move forward to harmony and symbiosis. Yeah. And, and, and you are not, whoever's listening, you are not separate from nature, right? This is, this, and this is what as above, so below, as within, so without means. You can study the self to understand nature. You can study nature to understand the self. 100%. Yes, we are a part of nature. We are a part of the system. And, uh, and we need to, to evolve. You have to get involved. Mm-hmm. So it's time, time to activate. Well great, said. Great man. quote. Great quote. I love that one. Well said. Will, brother, it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. Thank you for all the knowledge and wisdom that you've shared with us. How can our people get in touch with you? How can they learn more about what you're putting out there? Excellent. Again, I, I appreciate both you guys. Um, I love what you're doing. Keep it up. Uh, my website is naturalfreedomleague.com. I'm also a co-creator and producer of the Funnel Conference, which is Freedom Under Natural Law Conference. Uh, we're going to be planning our third one next year. And it actually, the title of it, I'm dropping it right now. It is The Trivium. Um, We had some huge guests on um, the last funnel conference, which was called Convergence. All the replays are up. Uh, Dana Martin, Andy Kaufman, whole whole bunch of people, whole list on there. And you can check out those replays and get more information at freedomundernaturallaw.com. And then the last website I'm going to say, it's a great one for people to check out. Mark Passio created uh, the One Great Work Network. It's a conglomerate of like-minded individuals that talk about natural law and, and freedom. And it's like, an, it's just a one big network. So there's tons of content creators on there, tons of information to check out. And I'm one of those content creators. So that's onegreatworknetwork.com. Awesome, man. When you said funnel conference, I thought you were going to say you were selling click funnels for a second. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are great, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you both. Dude, yeah, brother. it's been awesome. Same here, guys. Man. Go check out Will's work. Um, thanks for listening. And we really appreciate all of you. Take care. Wow. So much incredible, profound knowledge. Um, you know, I didn't know exactly what to expect coming to that podcast with Will, but I'm absolutely blown away um, by what he presented and by what he shared. And these are universal natural principles, you know, which we can all benefit from understanding on a deeper level. Um, thanks so much for listening again. Just want, want to remind you guys, um, friendsofthetruth.co is our private membership community. You want to get deeper, meet awesome community. You get three calls a month. Um, and yeah, it's, just a, it's a great way to stay on the path of your highest calling um, and develop more authenticity in your life and just connect with amazing individuals. You know, we'd love to meet you, love to connect also. Um, thanks for listening again and be well. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean. Fast forward in evolution to a place where we can share that confusion. Yeah, 450 BC, I'm sharing tea with confusion.